You are now listening to the Q&E Podcast. Is this what you want? Huh? Is this what you want? What's up, everybody? You're listening to the Q&E Podcast, and you're here with your boy Q Hicks right now. And I got Edgar on the other line. Edgar, tell the people what's good. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Q&E Podcast. Today, we are reviewing She-Hulk episodes three and four. We took a little while to do these two episodes for y'all, just so we can give a full synopsis of what's going on. We know these last two episodes just been kind of not not too much of filler but not enough to where we got to go every episode yeah. one by one. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been like a 10 minute review last week and we actually would have came yeah. out with a video so we wanted to actually have a video with some substance for you guys so definitely tap in episode four was good to me episode three was kind of sleepy now that one was more so filler when she was the the uh the lawyer for Emil Blonsky and she was going through that whole situation with somebody who was impersonating Meg the Stallion. I was kind of like, all right, but this episode it was a lot of Easter egg type things that were going on, you know what I'm saying? And that's what I really enjoyed about episode four. So let's dive into it. Yeah, so uh episode just to go over episode three really quick. Episode three, like Quincy just said, she was representing Emil Blonsky uh to the US, I think his case went to trial correct he went to the yeah. supreme court yeah mm-hmm. he had the supreme court hearing with his uh recent escape which we found out wong did assist him with uh we seen wong playing a witness in that episode and then in episode four it was a situation where wong needed her legal assistance as well so both of these episodes we see her really getting into the lawyer bag with the superhero division and this is what i wanted to ask you about this show bro it, does this show not feel like it's not her show. It feels like her her show is high key getting taken over by these appearances. Somebody as big as Wong, who has been in the MCU since 2016 now, and somebody who is very much enjoyed by everybody in the uh, the fans of the MCU. I feel like he's more so starting to overshadow her every time that she appears. Like that's how it felt in episode three. It felt like Abomination and Wong really overshadowed her. And it really felt like she was overshadowed here. And it feels like she mentions it throughout the, the time when she's in the, the she's breaking the fourth wall. She mentions it like, oh, I know you guys missed Wong. Oh, I know you guys love to start the episode off with Wong. But it's like, it feels like you're not the focus of your show anymore. I feel like I'm paying more attention to him and what he's doing instead of what's going on with you and your story. So I want to see how you felt about that. I don't think they're overtaking it. It's just the cameos are who they are. Like, that's like when we get the Daredevil appearance, like, we we can't just say Daredevil is just taking over her show. It's just he's a... But it would character. feel like that, though. It would feel like that. Because you're a I, new I character, and the, these characters are, like, so... They're, they're cemented in the game. You know what I'm saying? Daredevil been around for 2014. I, I think it's just the fact that her character... Is such a second tier type of superhero. I mean, she's a Hulk. Don't get me wrong. So she, like, power wise, like she's up there with the best of them when it comes to like grounded heroes, as we like to call them. But she's a lawyer. She's defending well known um characters. She's defending villains. She's defending superheroes. So this this show has a sitcom kind of feel, and mm. it's not the same type of show we're used to where everything is focused on the main character with every single situation. But I think that's why I like what's going on. And I think that's why She-Hulk is one of the best shows because even though we know who the main character is, 
there are other characters that have other shit going on within the episodes to where you're peaking interest in different parts of the show and it's not one continuous train that we're just trying to build on, build on, build on. So I think I like the fact that we have such big cameos and she's still giving her opinion on it, breaking the fourth wall, making jokes about how they're more excited for these people than her on her own show. I think mm-hmm. it's funny. So I, I don't see it as a negative thing. I see it as a, a different viewpoint from all the other Marvel shows. And I think that's what most of the good shows do. They give you multiple storylines to really build off of because the storylines where it's just a one track storyline, it's like you get bored with it. The moonlight, the moonlight when you're just keeping up with one person or the Hawkeye, when you just, even though you're keeping up with two people, not Hawkeye, but uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, even though you're keeping up with two people, it's like they're connected and they're running a congruent with each other. It's like you get bored with those storylines. But since you have to keep up with Wong, Abomination, Daredevil eventually, it's like it's a lot of characters where you don't get bored. And that's how they keep up with the fun pace. So I do like what they're doing. It's just like I'm just noticing it more and more. It's like, damn, I'm I'm happier to see Wong than I am to see her. You know, I'm (laughs) more interested in what Wong is doing with him messing with the old magician that trained in Kamertage than what She-Hulk is doing, representing him and stuff like that. But the good thing about She-Hulk's storyline is that it's still going to lead to something. It's not like she's just representing people and that's the only thing that will lead to some big plot points down the line. Like when she got jumped at the end of episode three by those random, them four random dudes who had W's on their chest, it was like that could eventually lead to something. The, the dude, after they ended up getting beat up, they ended up uh, saying, like, the boss is going to be mad about something. So everybody had to question, like, who is the boss they're talking about? Who wants uh, She-Hulk's blood? So a lot of questions came from that. And we've seen something similar in episode four. We've seen a lot of Mephisto hints. So it's like her storyline. And she had another um, another hint with Titania. Titania was mentioned throughout this episode. Titania is, Titania is suing her for the She-Hulk trademark. So we're going to see her again and see how that ends up tying in with the big plot point. So we're not just dying on the, the She-Hulk plane, even though so much else is going on. Like something else is still going to come of what she, her storyline is. Yeah, because we have five episodes left and the way that it's going, I honestly think they're, they're going to knock it out the park because although these last two episodes have a few filler moments, they're still like, like you just said, giving Easter eggs. They're giving hints. They're, they're giving play Easter eggs like you you were telling me before we started. The magician being named Donnie Blaze was kind of like a, a joke at Ghost Rider of Johnny Blaze, who we'll get later down the line, you know, uh, who will partner with Blade and um, Moon Knight and the rest of those boys. So I, I like the fact that they're doing that and they're still keeping like true Marvel fans interested. But I think mm-hmm. this is a great show so far for people who are you know, may have not watched all the other Marvel stuff, but they're attractive. Like, I think for women who don't get into Marvel shit, this is a great show for you to watch. Yeah. Because you don't really have to know a bunch of shit to watch mm-hmm. she So I, I think they're doing a great job so far. I think when it comes to the people who tried to get her blood at the end of episode three, I don't know what the W stood for, but we haven't heard anything about the power broker since Falcon and the Winter Soldier, could they be possibly working for the power broker? And we just don't know what the W stands for. So that's what I was thinking about. That's somebody we, Sharon Carter, that's somebody we have not um paid attention to at all recently. Apparently, when I was looking up the the background for it, the, the W stands for Wrecking Crew, and they have something mm. to do with the leader. 
The leader is a Hulk villain from the 2008 movie that we ended up oh, seeing. Oh, yeah, He yeah. wasn't really the villain, but he was somebody who ended up giving Abomination uh, his powers, and Abomination ended up hitting him, and the gamma radiation and it was, blood. Yeah. yeah, and his head was getting bigger. So he's somebody who could play a big part down the line in the MCU, and they're saying he's somebody who could be wanting the, uh, the, the gamma blood from She-Hulk to experiment with that. You know what I'm saying? So we could be getting some leader hints. And also, yeah, I like what, what you said. What was my boy's name? I, f- I forgot what his name was. Stern. Actor. Something Stern. Yeah. Oh, the actor. Yeah, he was from Watchmen, too. I don't know what the actor's name is. He's he was, he was in Holes, too. He was the little... The yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Damn, what yeah, was yeah, yeah. his name? So you know your actor, for sure. Tim Blake Nelson. Tim Blake Nelson. Yep. Definitely a familiar actor. And going back to the point you made, bro, like of this being a good show, it's it's so refreshing because usually when we're in the middle of a series for these past three, four shows that we got over this past year, it feels like when we get to the middle of a season, we kind of don't know what direction we could possibly be going. It's like, okay, it's, the show is starting to slow down. It's like, okay, it's like, I'm not really excited, but it's like, I'm kind of confused on what direction we're going. But it's like, I want to see how this ends. With this, it seems like there's a direction. It's a clear direction in where they're trying to go. We just have to follow it at this point. I'm not confused. Like, there are hints right there that you really just have to follow. With other shows, they left you confused in the middle of the season. Like, damn, I high key don't even want to watch this shit because y'all confusing me too much with too much bullshit. But this one, I feel like, okay, I see the direction is clear. And I can see where we are leading up to. I can see the connections. I see the the uh, the leader plot points. So I see the the uh, the Mephisto hints, like we got in episode four. Like you said, the Donny Blaze, Johnny Blaze play. Like I'm seeing it. And usually toward the middle of episodes, we don't have that clear of a direction, but we do with this series. Oh, and there was another thing um, about the Mephisto point that. I did catch. Now, I didn't catch what you were telling me before. The the blonde girl that kept making cameos in the episode and was with Wong in the post credit scene and all of that. She brought up how when she was in another dimension, when Donnie Blaze casted her away, uh, she made some type of deal with a demon or a devil person or something like that to get back to mm-hmm. reality or back to her dimension. Yeah, I completely looked past that. I didn't think anything serious of it, but uh, for those of y'all listening, Quincy told me that was the Mephisto hint that he was talking about. But I did notice the demons that they were fighting later in the episode. There was literally a pit from hell that they were coming from. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, that could be a, you know, a sign of we'll get Mephisto in the near future. So I saw yeah. that obvious one, but I completely ignored her saying she made a deal with the devil. Yeah, so I thought that was super dope because that's somebody that we've been building up to that for this whole time. And we also got a picture and the, the credits when they were showing people's names. You know, before we get the post-credit scene, they show they be showing uh artistic uh pictures yeah. of like drawings and stuff like that. And they showed a drawing of her like signing her name on the dotted line, and she was it was a goat, it was the goat as the devil, but he had mm. Sam at his as his name tag. So he's going at Sam, so he's like right there in plain sight, but he's just hiding in plain sight. But it's the devil the whole time. Obviously, when you sign mm. on the dotted line, you got to sign with your blood. Because she ended up saying like, yeah, he needed six drops of my blood. Like, yep. bro, like that's a connection of something. Like, what, what dimension are you going to where you need to do that? That has to have something to do with the devil, especially if you watch the Ghost Rider movie. That's literally yep. what had to happen. 
the devil had ended up pricking uh, Johnny Blaze's fingers. Six uh, six drops of blood came out and laid on a piece of paper. He didn't even have to sign his name. It was just the yep. blood was enough. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, so I, I thought that was cool. I, I like the fact that now we have we do have a clear Mephisto Easter egg, at least at least in our eyes, it's a clear one. I know with WandaVision, everybody thought the mailman yeah. was Mephisto It wasn't as clear as this one, though. This it one it like, wasn't as clear as this yeah. one. This one is actually like, okay, we're seeing clear as day hints now. And I like the fact, like, how you said with Ghost Rider, like, they're going to try and bring him in sometime in the near future. So I like how that could possibly be a play on um on what we could see later down the line. So I, I'm liking what they're doing with She-Hulk, bro. But a question I have about Emil Blonsky are we going to see him again in abomination form? Because if we remember from episode three, they told him part of his probation is he's not allowed to turn back into abomination under any circumstances. Otherwise they will arrest him and he will be locked back up. So he says he's on this journey of peace and he, he showed that he could fully control himself when he transforms, he could transform at will and everything just like, um, just like Jen. So, I'm wondering if we'll see him again and if he'll transform, if he's going to be on the run from the U.S. government this whole time, if he does mm -hmm. transform at this point. So I'm interested to see if, if we're even going to see him again. That was somebody who I think could have or I thought could have been in the Thunderbolts. And I still think there is a chance that he could be in the Thunderbolts, not when this movie comes out, because we did hear the D at D23, the lineup that they're going to have is going to be Red Guardian, it's going to be Yelena Belova, Bucky, US Agent, Ghost, it's going to be uh, who's the other one? And uh, Bucky, Ghost, US Agent, um, Taskmaster, and, ta and Taskmaster. So it's going to be those six. So it's not going to be abomination like a lot of people were predicting. But the thing about the Thunderbolts, it's a revolving door like type of group, nobody really stays for a long period of time. So Bucky and Yelena could go off and they just replace them. So I think down the line, we could see uh, Abomination come and play in the, the Thunderbolts and with Val or something like that. I don't think he's completely done because it would feel like a waste, wouldn't it? Yeah. Like, why would you? It's it's like you bring him back just to be, just to have a lawyer, just to get out of jail. Just to be and a cameo, never, basically. Yeah, and never see him again. Especially when he was like the biggest part of your first MCU movie. We never going to see him again. It's like, no, we got to see Rageful Abomination one more time. And I think we're going to get that with Thunderbolts. Like I said, not this one, but in the future of the MCU. And if we're if we're getting Tim Blake Nelson coming back as the leader at this point, we're going to have the Hulk, Abomination, and the leader all part of the MCU. So I, I know it was my question, but I'm answering it myself. I don't think he'll be going long. I think he's going to come back either as a cameo again in this show or there's going to be some type of Easter egg saying that, like you said, he'll probably be in the Thunderbolts later down the line. Maybe not in the movie, but yeah. maybe there's like a show after the movie that gives like certain spinoffs for whoever yeah. maybe in that revolving door. And honestly, with Emil Blotsky, the nigga got eight wives or eight girlfriends or whatever yeah. the hell that was going on <laughs> episode three. So he it's really don't need pounds. to transform. <laughs> they paying for all his bills. They got him a place to stay like... He really don't need to trip. His blood pressure don't need to go up that high to turn into the Hulk, honestly. Like, you really have to ask him or order him to, like, turn into Abomination because he chilling on wherever he about to go after he leave prison. He chilling. So it's like you have to order him. But he has the background of being a government agent. 
So it's like maybe that'll like still resonate with him if Gal ends up or Val ends up coming to him and saying like, "We need you to do this job, Sergeant. We need you to work with us." It's like maybe that kicks back in of like, "Okay, I gotta go back into government." Mode. Oh yeah, because he's work. still technically a super soldier too. Yes, what I'm saying. But even though yeah. even though Thaddeus Ross is dead, who he was um, underneath, like Val was somebody who was working with Thaddeus Ross. A lot of people think so. It's like. Uh, Val, Thaddeus Ross, they're interchangeable, so you have to answer to somebody, and Val could be that person. So yeah, because he could be a super soldier on like on face of what he's doing, and then undercover on certain missions they go on. In certain instances, he might turn into abomination, but he'll always have the cover of no, I'm just a super soldier on a team. And the thing about um the Thunderbolts group that we have now that we've seen at D23 is really not any muscle. And the real thing about the Thunderbolts is that Thunderbolt Ross was somebody who was in the group. He was the Red Hulk. He was the big Red Hulk. But now since he passed away, I don't know if they're going to recast him. So they're going to have another Red Hulk. So it's like you need some type of hulking figure because the people that are currently in the group are, they have the same abilities. I mean, Bucky, Elena, U.S. Agent Reg, they have the same abilities. You need some muscle, some real muscle on this team, bro. Like, Ghost is the best person on this team, and I don't know how big of a compliment that is if she your best one, because she get weak in the knees if she out of that cage for too long. Yep. Like, nigga, you need to get somebody <laughs> better than that, so Abomination could be the top player. You know what I'm saying? So I don't well, know. what about Taskmaster? Do you think they're going to do Taskmaster oh. justice this time? But that's because what I'm saying. Like, what happened. Yeah, we know what happened in Black Widow. That's what I'm saying. Like, what we seen in um, Black Widow, it was kind of like... You ain't really like that, like we thought you were going to be. Yeah. Even though you know everybody's powers, you can mimic it. You look weak as hell. Like Black Widow took you down. So it's like, if Black Widow took you down, am I really gonna respect your powers? <laughs> I, I, I really can't. I really can't respect your powers, bro. So I don't know. Hopefully, she they do her justice though, because she should be OP though. Like think about it. If you have yeah. everybody's abilities, you should be OP, bro. And I wonder who they're going to have play. Uh, Taskmaster, because I'm I'm assuming it's not going to be Drakov's daughter, because she she was free of the mind, the mind, yeah. the mind. Uh, what what did they call that shit? The mind what? I forgot what they um. It was some mind yeah, what serum. Did they call that shit. Yeah, yeah, it was something like that. It was some yeah. kind of um. The the same way Bucky got programmed, yeah, mentally yeah. by the Russians. It was some shit like that. Yeah. So the mind program, she's free from the mind program, so it's like. Are you going to end up putting the original uh, Taskmaster, who is uh, what is his name, Tony Tony Masters, in as the the actual Taskmaster, or is it going to be somebody else? Because I can't see it being Drakov's daughter after she's been. But the thing about Drakov's daughter, she did leave with Yelena and Red Guardian on that 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 ship or whatever to go wherever they're going. Mm-hmm. So if uh, but if a uh, Red Guardian and Yelena are in the group, I'm assuming they. Asked her to join the team, so I don't know. Mm. So that's that's definitely a question. But I, I was telling Edgar before the podcast, though, I was like, if you got three people from Black Widow on the Thunderbolts, I'm like, on your lineup, that, like on your lineup, like- it's like <laughs> your team not that crazy, bro. We already know you niggas gonna be on the ground level for sure, but because y'all weak as hell, y'all y'all <laughs> highest threat is the power broker, and who else? Who else would really even be a threat at this point? Bro, we're getting so many people with powers for real. Like, I don't know who y'all threat is. Like, I really don't. Yeah. 
They were saying that it could have something to do with the, the leader as well. They could be the ones taken down. Because the leader is supposed to be, a, apparently, he's part of a group called the Intelligentsia, where mm. it's the leader, it's MODOK, it's uh, somebody named Egghead. Oh, yeah. I forgot so, about MODOK. So it's supposed to be the mm. Thunderbolts versus the Intelligentsia, and Val wants something that the Intelligentsia has. So that should be the Thunderbolts' mission. That's what I'm hearing at this moment. But like I said, I don't know. Mm. Damn, I forgot all about Mordok. Damn. Mo- yeah, did, bro, did, we, have, we y'all, have y'all watched the Mordok show? The Mordok show on Hulu honestly was fire and funny as hell, too. That shit was I didn't know it was on Hulu. I was mad that shit got canceled. It's not live action. It's like cartoon shit, but it's funny as hell. Though. I mm. fuck with it. I fuck with it. So definitely, definitely a recommendation. Definitely a recommendation. But, um... Anything else for uh, episode four? Jen went on dates. Any reaction to her dates? And where does anybody uh, I think you said, I think you said there was an Easter egg about her dates too. I ain't really catch nothing. Apparently, one of the people that she went on the date with, his name was quote unquote Todd. He was asking about how she could, how can the Hulk pierce their skin? And oh like, yeah, the weird ass dude. questions like that. And it was yeah. like, like why you want to notice about me? You know what I'm saying? But he was just laughing it off, and we moved on to the next date. But it's like. Oh, like, who is this nigga? Why did he want to know this about you? How, why he want to know how to pierce your skin? Apparently, yeah. he could have something to do with that group that ended up jumping her at the end of episode three. He could be a part of that wrecking crew, and he could be a part of the leader's group, because that's why he wants to know how to pierce her skin so they can get her blood to take back to the leader. So that's why he was just trying to get more information. So he was tapped into her phone so he can eventually go on a date with her. So it was a whole type of plot. And apparently, the Easter egg that I really heard about, that when this show first came out, they labeled his character as the Hulk Todd. So his name wasn't just Todd, it was Hulk Todd. But they just changed it for this Disney Plus show. They changed it to just regular Todd. But apparently, he's Hulk Todd. So I don't know if he could eventually turn into the Hulk. Maybe they put the, the the gamma radiation inside of this Todd character, and he's going head to head with she Hulk. That could be something that we get in the future episodes. But they, I think there were reports out that there could be a World War Hulk series or movie or something later down the line in the next few years. So maybe at some point in the episode, she does get her DNA sampled. Either her or Bruce, one of them, might get their DNA taken by somebody. (laughs) And we could see how later down the line, that person may keep that for themselves and might either, like the dude Todd, he might turn into the Hulk in this show and it might not be a big fight scene or anything, but it might be like, uh, it might be a, um, post a sign of things to come or something like that. Yeah. A sign of things to come. It yeah. might be like that. Well, we'll probably see him transform, but don't see anything else about him in the show after that. And we just got to look forward to whatever we get later down the line, because we're going to, if we're going to have world war hope, there has to be multiple. So mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm thinking it'll probably be something. That's like a that. good point, bro. That's a good point, and it's probably gonna come from Jen. I don't know how they're gonna get it. They probably gonna find out a way to some way to point out uh or pick her skin or, or prick yeah. her skin or whatever. They are gonna find somewhere, I guess, over these next few episodes. But you know, one thing I was peeping, bro, that really stuck out to me, and it was when Jen was going on dates. I had wrote this in my notes, bro. I said nobody really fucks with Jen. For Jen, except for her best friend. Nobody really fucks with her for her. Everybody wants to see her change. We've seen it clear as day on the Tinder app or on that Matcher app. When she was uh, Jen trying to get dates, nobody was trying to match with her. 
as soon as she turned into the She-Hulk, she was getting matches left and right. She going on dates. People want to ask questions about her. She a celebrity, this, that, the third. But as soon as she turns back to Jen, nobody wants to fuck with her again. And I think she's starting to see how lonely this life can really be as the, the this superhero. And when you tra uh, transform like she's doing, she's seeing how lonely it is. It's like, yeah, you could be at the top, the highest as, of your celebrity status. But when you just Jen, just a, a regular lawyer, you nobody really fuck with you for real, and that and that was something that just continuously uh, stuck out to me. And it's crazy because the dude that she was so compatible with, the doctor, like they had a great first date. Like they they was chilling. They they had and that was the that scene. Night, everything, yeah. and it was like he he seen her the next morning as her normal self. He got completely turned off. So it's like, damn, you fuck with me as a six foot seven green monster. <laughs> more than you fuck with me as a human being like as an actual woman like that was that was crazy i was like wow first off and bro weird for that <laughs> facts facts he really is <laughs> but that that was the really the scene that really stuck out to me when he really seen her and it was like damn they don't really fuck with you for you bro and it goes back to the point that she made in episode one or that hope made in episode one about the loneliness that comes with it like everybody just wants to fuck with you as like the spectacle type of thing and not as the person and that's why we see Hulk out in Mexico or whatever, because he knows if he walks around, he wants autographs. But when he's just Bruce Banner, nobody really gives a fuck about him. And that's just how the life is. And it's just so crazy that they're showing that. So I think that's dope as hell, bro. And another question I had about that is that will Jen and Daredevil get together? Because that could be a pairing that we, we see because... Funny as hell. Oh, yeah, he can't see. Exactly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's exactly Damn. what I wrote down, bro. I'm like, he can't see. He really can't tell if you fucking She-Hulk or if you in jam form. You know what I'm saying? Unless he feels on your wrist or some shit. Yeah. But he really can't tell, for real. So it's like, he's somebody who could end up fucking with Jen down the line in the MCU. And that could Damn, be a nice little be fire. They both be lawyers. They both um superheroes. Well, uh, what you call it, Daredevil, Vigilante, he ain't really yeah. a superhero, but y'all yeah. both, y'all literally both fight crime, y'all both protect people, y'all both are lawyers, like, that shit, it would, he can't, it see, would work, he can't see you, and y'all both understand each other because of the predicaments, y'all, yeah, that shit. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, bro, and if you watch the Daredevil show, you know, Daredevil was getting hella play in those shows, so he definitely know how to handle that for sure. That's why I be saying it's weird with Daredevil, bro, because it's like he's a blind superhero, but they always say when you're blind, you're not fully blind. You can still, your senses obviously heightened, and you can see, like, yeah. outlines, or you can feel the outlines around people. So he can still yeah. feel, if somebody's in front of him, he can still feel the outline of somebody's face or somebody's body in front of him, but since his senses are so heightened. So he can still, like, feel who she is, even though he can't visually see her. You know what I'm saying? And that's right. something that they really showed throughout the show. And y'all really got to tap into that because we got a hint at D23 that that's coming out in 2023 or 2023? I think, I think 2023. Yeah. yeah. Is that show on Disney Plus? Yes, it's on Disney Plus now. I'm telling y'all, that's one of my favorite shows of all time. I love Daredevil. I would still recommend y'all to tap into that before that, that other the MCU version comes out because it's going to be something completely different, but it's always good to have that background on who the character is or, or a semblance. Because they're going to pull certain things. They're going to pull Exactly. You can't transform yeah. the whole nigga. Now. It's like, we he does have a fan base from the next flick series before he transferred yeah. over to the MCU. 
you got to keep some things. So I would enjoy that for sure. And him getting with Jen would be dope as fuck. Mm-hmm. It would go along with his track record. And um, one more question I had about episode four was Titania suing Jess. So we see toward the end of the episode, uh, Jess gets served a subpoena. It says that Titania is suing her for her trademark. I, I guess Titania was labeled She-Hulk and she trademarked the name before. I'm assuming that's what that was. But my question was, since Daredevil is going to pop up in one of these upcoming episodes, is Daredevil Titania's lawyer? Mm. And is that how ah. those two come across each other? And is that how She-Hulk and Daredevil yeah. come across each other? And instead of battling it out in the courtroom, they're battling it out on the like the rooftop when they were like they was about to fight or some shit. Damn. Or what if she has him represent her? What if Jen has Matt Murdock represent her, not knowing that he's Daredevil? He could he, he could do either or because she's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For the situation, so uh-huh. I, don't, I don't know. I don't know if you could defend yourself as a lawyer. I don't know. That's that's I, I think you can, but I don't know. I'm pretty sure you can. Yeah, I don't know. If she, but if she chooses not to, she could be the one that has Matt Murdock as her lawyer, not knowing that this blind dude is really like a vigilante at night. Or like you said, he could be representing Titania, and then they meet later down the line like that and figure out who each other are. So Yeah, that would be some dope shit. And I feel like that's how Titania can play a part. I feel like she's connected to whoever this big bad is, whether it's the leader or whoever it is toward who we find out toward the end of the series. But I feel like that's a great way to just tie in Daredevil if he's actually a lawyer for somebody. And boy, yeah. I will go crazy. Let my nigga come in with that damn pimp cane, <laughs> but I'll go crazy, my nigga. I'll go crazy, bro. But uh, yeah, that's really everything I have for episode three and four. We talked about Mephisto and uh, all of that. So, oh, anything you had on Wong that episode with the the Donnie Blaze character? Anything about that beef that stuck out? Uh, I don't know if that. I hope they don't keep that Donnie Blaze dude around. Like <laughs> it. It kind of felt like they're going to have him for at least one more episode, but I think they just need to trash that character. If he's just going to mm-hmm. be this lame-ass magician that tried to be a student of the mystical arts, just get rid of him after this next episode. Yeah. Do not let him be a dragging character if there's not going to be anything done with him. Because it, a... seems like, it seems like him and Wong don't have a full-blown beef. It's yeah. just that Wong doesn't want him doing the shit without the approval of on the mystic cards exactly but with every episode we've gotten with the show it was it has been something new even episode three and episode four it was something new in each one whether it was different cases so i'm assuming we're going to move on to this titania case excuse me and hopefully we see daredevil and then we just continue to lead off with that because like ah like i said i'm just glad we're building towards something my anticipation is like continuing to rise because like i said usually when we get toward the middle of seasons that's when we be like all right this is like the sleepy period but it's like we're still keeping up with the pace, so I'm I'm enjoying it so far. So definitely doing a good job. Definitely. Doing oh, and shout out to Meg the Stallion. I know we were talking about is she gonna make an appearance based off of the um rumors we were hearing and whatnot. Obviously, she ain't finna have no superpowers or no shit like people were joking about. But mm-hmm. she was in the um she was in episode three, played the uh person getting represented by Jen later in the episode when they were she was signing for Jen to be her lawyer and stuff. We seen her make the cameo in the courtroom. Uh they said her name at least 
50 times in the damn episode. Yeah. <laughs> so shout, shout out to Meg for getting that uh that Marvel bag. That shit is not easy to come by. <laughs> Definitely salute. And they actually gave us what real niggas wanted to see. Hurts working. It's like, and yeah. it's crazy because it's like I enjoyed it, but I was kind of like, it's just just what Meg is at this point of like, damn, you know, for the girl, like just be shaking her ass. You know what I'm saying? Like, or do we, re- or will yeah. we ever respect you as a real actress? Or every time you get on the show, you got to be shaking ass, having a good time. Uh, I think it just depends on what she's in it for. Like in this instance, yeah, we didn't need anything more from you than to just be that person. Like the all of episode three felt like, uh, not a parody, but um, episode three just had a joke feel the entire time. And I think we didn't need anything serious from her. We didn't need a serious scene with her or anything. Her, like, doing her ad-libs during the court scene and then her doing her uh her twerking at the end with She-Hulk. Like, that was enough. I feel like for mm-hmm. that episode of this type of show, I feel like that was enough. Now, but I'm saying, line, like, depending on what she do, like, and that's yeah, And that's and more that's so different. my question of, like, down the line, will you still be this girl that just has to shake her ass to get in shit? Or will niggas respect you as the actress that you want to become? You know what I'm saying? Oh, she got to really try out for shit then. Like, yeah, that, that's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. Like, you do you really got the chops? Or if niggas just going to give you the bag because we want you to shake your ass for these three seconds? You know what I'm saying? Like, the other actors that came into the game, like, they had the acting chops behind them. Like, Queen Latifah, like, when she came into the game, she was known for the rapping. It wasn't anything else that was really behind her. Like, we knew Queen Latifah for shaking her ass. Like, no, nah, she was respected as a rapper, and she could act. You know what I'm saying? Like, Ice Cube, respected as a rapper, and he can act. But what made the stallion, yes, you can rap, but we're more, you're more, more so a sex symbol. That's more so what you are. Even though you rap, you're more so a sex symbol known for your twerking. So when you get into these shows, that's what a lot of people want to see you do. You're a sex symbol. You have to show your ass or do something so that's something that i'm worried about down the line hopefully she actually does have acting chops especially if there's something that she really want to do because i know she said that in an interview that she wants to really get into this acting shit hopefully she gets taken seriously and not just forced into that box of sex symbol and this is all you're going to be true type shit. and that's true. that's the thing but uh anything else before we get out of here uh no i'm i'm like you i'm excited i can't wait to see what's going to happen with these next five episodes Yes, sir. And we appreciate you guys for listening. And we out. Peace.